yes, we set a goal, but it shouldn't be a smart goal. It shouldn't be specific and measurable and all that. And I'll get to why in a minute, but you want to set a direction mm-hmm. that you want the unconscious mind to take you in as we create these new patterns. Welcome to the More Than Corporate Podcast. I'm Amber Furman, recovering perfectionist and serial accomplisher. If you're anything like I used to be, you've been living your life thinking that if you accomplish enough stuff, you'll finally find the success you've always wanted. But what if it's not about accomplishing more stuff? What if it's about accomplishing the right stuff? I believe you don't find success. You create it by intentionally designing the life you want and having the courage to get out of your comfort zone to live your design. I went from doing what I was supposed to do to doing what I love to do, and now I get to help others do the same. Keep listening as I chat with inspiring people who make it their mission to live their best life every day and learn how you too can live the life you've always wanted. Welcome back to another episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. I'm excited to bring an amazing guest to talk to you guys today. Adele Spragan is an award-winning author, a thought leader, and an international speaker and trainer. She has been awarded the 2020 Women of Inspiration Award, and in 2021, she was recognized as the top behavioral expert of the year. Her book, Shift, Four Steps to Personal Empowerment has won three awards and is sweeping the globe, transforming how people are setting and achieving their goals. After decades of feeling stuck in patterns of procrastination, avoidance, and quitting, all of which had led her to living a life below her fullest potential, Adele set out on a journey of discovery and learning. Her inquiry, why the personal and professional methodology she was following didn't work for her. The result is the creation of her proprietary four-step repattering technique, which she delivers through a member portal called the Pattern Maker Hub. Today, she supports thousands globally to achieve extraordinary levels of happiness, peace of mind, prosperity, goal achievement, and life fulfillment. I love so much about what Adele is talking about here, especially when we're discussing all of the opportunities that are out there that haven't quite worked the way that we expected and how we address that. So I'm super excited to bring Adele into this conversation. Really quickly before I do, I want to take a minute to remind you that this episode is brought to you by Success Development Solutions and the Design Your Life Book Club. We all know that our level of personal development dictates our level of success, right? So how are you getting that personal development? Are you telling yourself you're going to read on your own and then you have all these books that sit around that never get read? Do you say you're going to read and then you never actually buy the books? Do you read but you don't implement? There's so many different ways that this can go wrong. I've created a place where we pick books that are either written by or recommended by members and guests of the podcast. We read them together, we discuss those, and then I introduce you to the author and you have the opportunity to to have discussions with them. If this sounds like what you need to take that personal development and therefore your success to the next level, click the Calendly link in this episode and we can jump on a call and see if it's a good fit. If you're listening to this in the Success Center community, go ahead and just comment on the video and I'll um, reach out to you and we'll go ahead and jump on that call. With that being said, let's go ahead and jump into this conversation with Adele. Adele, how are you today? I'm great, Amber. Happy to be here. 
Thank you. I'm so glad that you were able to come. And I'm, I'm so excited to dig into so many of the things that, that we're going to talk about today. But let's go ahead and start a little bit further back. I want everybody to be able to get to know you. So, you know, what I'm finding is that although there's a couple, not very many people woke up and said, man, I'm like 14 years old and I know that I'm going to be a life transformational specialist when I get older. What did you think your life was going to be when you were a teenager? Oh, gosh, great question. I, You know what I really wanted to do, Amber? I wanted to paint backdrops in theaters. Ooh. I so had this dream that I wanted to be one of those people who goes in and they paint those huge murals right over the back of the theater. And that didn't work out. <laughs> oh, no. So did you have like artist influences in your family or where did that My come from? My mother is a huge artist. She, she was, she's been an artist all her life. And I guess she influenced me. She, she would always do these amazing, huge masterpieces that would just, she would always decorate for parties. Then we lived by a golf course and they had these huge parties and she would come in and do these massive murals. And I guess she influenced me in that way. So when you um, graduated from high school and you had to make a decision of what to do, did you pursue art school or what happened next? No, no. My self-esteem was pretty low. And so I thought, oh, I don't know what I want to do. So my boyfriend said, I'm going to go to college. So guess what I did, Amber? Sign me up for whatever you're taking. Oh, no. Yeah. So I ended up a round peg in a square hole. <laughs> Was, so what did you get signed up for? Uh, he signed me up for accounting and finance. Ooh, ooh. And for an artist, that's like awful. Yeah, you get it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was in that profession for, oh gosh, I guess over a decade. Yeah, I probably stayed there 12 years until my second was born. And then I decided, okay, I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom. So that's what I did. I, I moved to running a daycare out of my home. As you can tell, I'm, I'm a pretty much a renaissance woman. I've done it. I've done a lot of different Yes, stuff. and I love that. So let me ask you this. Like, it's really interesting to me because you have this, sign me up for whatever you're taking. You end up in this um, soul-sucking accounting numbers field, which I mean, for me, I went to law school because I hate numbers. So anything that, that I didn't have to add was great. Um, you had to know it wasn't what you wanted to do. What was it that kept you going down that path for long enough to not only finish a degree, also have a career in it? Yeah, you know, it's really interesting because like many of my participants today, I was kind of swept along with the wind, right? Like whatever somebody else wanted for me, I would just go along with. Whatever situation came along, I would just go along with. And I was very passive. I was a big people pleaser. It was one of my big patterns. And so mm -hmm. I just got trapped, I'll call it, in a world that wasn't of my choosing. You know, I think that it's really interesting because so many take that ability to adjust and wear that as a badge of honor. And I used to be one of those people. I was like, I'm a chameleon. I can adjust to any situation and I can fit in. And it took me um, a long time to realize that that's not actually a healthy way to be, that there's so much there, the people pleasing, the inability to express what it is you want. There's so many self-sabotage and negative behaviors when somebody is just 
able to jump into any situation. And I, I want to clarify before we jump into that, that I'm not talking about the person that can fit in mm -hmm. and network and enjoy. I'm talking about the person that I used to be that like forgets everything that they actually loved and creates their life around this place that they're at for that moment. Yes. And, you know, funny, funny story. Now I reflect back and it's funny at the time. It was absolutely heartbreaking for me. Normally the way it goes. <laughs> but while we're looking at fulfillment and careers and all that, um, after I was a stay at home mom for a while and I ran my own little daycare from the home, I thought, OK, it's time to get my career back. And at the time, there was this book out, and it was called What Color Is Your Parachute? Anybody heard of that? <laughs> so, you know, okay. Well, it was no. a book. It was a book, and it, it and I'm now, you can it, do, now you can do it all online, right? Like you do all these quizzes, and yeah. what are you good at? What are your values? All of that. But when I was doing it, it was all done in a book. So it took me weeks to go through all of these different activities writing things and what are my values and taking these quizzes and narrowing it down and narrowing it down. And I got to the end of the book and it was literally weeks. And I was offered two careers that would fit. One mm -hmm. was a fur coat designer. I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> and the second was a clown. And I burst into tears. <laughs> and I remember being on the couch bawling my eyes out and my husband comes home and he says what's wrong and I said all I can be is a fur coat designer or a clown and he's going what is wrong with my wife <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's I mean I think that that's a really important story for people to understand especially with the influx of popularity of personality testing and things to that effect to place you in a box, right? And and I want to step back for just a minute and say that I'm a huge proponent of personality testing for information only to understand kind of how you think and how others think. And then also understanding that there's no box, right? I think that that's the biggest danger of them. And I think, um, you know, for many people who are seeking fulfillment, I think the problem is oftentimes that they have too many interests. They're good at yes. too many things. They have too many skills, too many, like you're saying, that flexible, yeah, I can fit in anywhere. The reason for that is because they have so much asset to bring to the table. And so it's hard to narrow down. So yeah, I agree. Don't, don't get locked in a box. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting that you just said that because I've never thought about it that way before. Um, you know, that idea that you're good at so many different things so you can fit in everywhere. And does that mean that maybe you haven't spent enough time focusing on, on one area because you are kind of mediocre at a lot of different things? And, and is that something you want to do? Because I feel like the counter argument to that, and this is where, um, individuals like myself who kind of love control a little too much. I like, nobody's going to tell me that I can't do this or can't do that. I can do it all. Right. Um, and, and I think that I've, I've never thought about it like that. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I would say, I mean, at least for me, I can only speak for what happened to me. I was so caught up in, I had such a low self-esteem and such a low bar that even though I did have all these interests and all these different ideas and things that I wanted to do, I never felt good enough. So what would happen for me, Amber, is I would start down a path of starting my own business because that's what I really wanted to be. I was an entrepreneur at heart. So I would start down the path and then I would reach a particular level of success and I would turn tail and I would quit and I would come back to the beginning and start down a different path. 
And by the time I did that for the third time, I had to wake up. And I said to myself, Adele, this is not the business. This is not what's going on in the situation. This is you. And you've got to deal with those patterns before you can move forward. Yeah, I can relate to that so much, especially with law school being those achievements, right? And I talk about this with people so much that without that directional guidance of what you actually want your life to look like and what you want it to be, you just get addicted to accomplishments and you just keep doing things without any real end game. And I felt like that's what law school was for me, right? Mm -hmm. Like you feel accomplished because you are accomplishing things and then you don't recognize your life at some point in time. And I think that's a huge, almost, I mean, I hate to say this word, but pandemic in um, individuals that are now trying to make that shift, right? Like it just, it's, it's so prevalent in um, highly educated and postgraduate fields. Yes. Yes. So for you, I mean, I know that I can look back and think of the exact moment that my life was like, okay, you've, I've given you hint over hint over hint and you're not listening to me. So let's um, stop everything and, and address this. What was it for you that made you realize that you needed to make a change and and start figuring stuff out? Well, by the time I quit my third business and I had been heavily invested, I mean, I got to say, I'm going back 30 years where I've been in the personal development coaching industry. So I was a lead coach at one of the top uh, uh, personal development industries in the market. And so I had participants who I was working with and then I myself was quitting all the time. And I, I said to myself, Amber, something can't be right here. We're following all the right operating instructions. We're all doing exactly what we're taught to do. Set a smart goal, you know, make sure it's yeah. measurable and specific. Make sure you know the steps to get to that goal. If you don't know the steps, find a mentor who does following those footsteps. If you're still not taking those steps, it's your mindset. Let's go work on that. And then there's no reason that you shouldn't be successful. And I was doing this. My participants were doing this. And finally, I thought, no, there's something not right. There's something off with the way we are taught to do personal development and how our brain works. So I decided, that's it. I'm going to go to university. So I enrolled. I got my master's in humanity. I wanted to study how does the human brain think? How do we make decisions? And sure enough, I uncovered the secret to success. <laughs> oh, I'm ready. That. Um, you know, when I now when I work with my participants, 87% of the people who use this technique reach the goals that they set to themselves compared to the 25% when I was coaching using the mindset technique. So it was very, very exciting to see that when we can work with the brain, the way it's designed to, to work, the way it makes decisions that we actually have a real fighting chance to reach our goals. So that's amazing. So um, you decide this isn't working. You go back to school, you get your master's degree. So how long ago was this that you decided that um, you were going to create this new program after what you had learned in master's? So I graduated from school in 2010 and I started, I, I created the repatterning technique over that year. So by 2011, I started teaching it. So I've been teaching it now a decade. Um, Amazing. Yeah. And 
It was, it's been a remarkable journey. I mean, such a remarkable journey because at, at first, initially, I really didn't know how to, I knew that the brain patterns, that how the brain patterns worked. I knew what neuroscience is now starting to show us and starting to verify that our brain, the unconscious regions of our brain, and I'm slowing down because this is this is like a wow, right? Yeah. The unconscious regions of our brain are making the decisions on our behalf before our conscious mind knows we are going to take that choice up to seven seconds before mm-hmm. is some of the findings by John Dylan Haynes. So, you know, it, I, I knew all of that. But I didn't know how to change the brain's patterning in order to take a new action. So that I had to learn. And that took me a year, a couple of years to really master how we are going to do it. And then from there, it was, it's been a journey of success all the way through, not just for me, but for everybody who uses the four step technique. That's so cool. And then that led to the book. When did the book come out? Um, 2019 or was it 2020? Yeah, I think that's I, amazing. And where can people find it? The book. Um, so the book, you can get it free online. You can get it from my website. So if you go to adelspragan.com, um, there's a link there that says the book. And all I ask is that people pay for shipping and I'll send you an autographed copy. Oh, that's amazing. That's so yeah. kind of you. So you are kind of an industry disruptor in this field of personal development saying, hey, like, let's not create this round robin type style where people just need to come back for that next dose of motivation. How do we reprogram it and repattern it, which is, um, I'm a certified trainer of NLP. So I love what you're talking about. I think that it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll I'll give everybody the new operating instructions. Yeah. Okay. So yes, we set a goal. But it shouldn't be a SMART goal. It shouldn't be specific and measurable and all that. And I'll get to why in a minute. But you want to set a direction mm-hmm. that you want the unconscious mind to take you in as we create these new patterns. The next step is not how do I get to that goal. The next step is why am I not at that goal today? And that, as you think about it, you'll start. To, what starts to bubble up is a whole bunch of actions, behaviors, beliefs that are preventing you from having that goal today. Now, beneath every single one of those actions, behaviors, beliefs, there runs a brain pattern. And I'll explain what that is in a moment. And our job is to remove that pattern. And when we remove that pattern, our brain will immediately create a new pattern. And because we've set a direction, that new pattern will now take us in that direction. That's amazing. It's a very um, freeing, liberating approach because it's not based in the need to fix anything. There's never Mm -hmm. anything broken. There's just what's not working. Let's get rid of it. And then the brain will do what the brain does best, which is create patterns. Yeah, I think that that question, why am I not already at my goal today, is really powerful and, and necessary Because otherwise, we never challenge those behaviors that have stopped us. And we think, like you said before, that it's just that we didn't set the right goals, right? We didn't, we didn't, maybe we didn't follow our plan to a T, right? We don't think about the fact that um, there's this thing running our life that we don't pay attention to that's like, hey, I'm down here, pay attention, right? 
Right. I think that's really cool. So if people want to learn more about this and figure out um, what where they should start, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, there's a couple of options. I mean, there's some free training on my website, Um, If you're really interested in changing the patterns, though, I always suggest jumping into the Pattern Maker Hub. So the Pattern Maker Hub has all the training on how to repattern everything. It's a membership site. So this you come and go as you please. So it's ongoing training. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, one thing, Amber, is based in my repatterning, when we always have a question as what I call pattern makers. So anybody who uses this technique is a pattern maker. And we always have a question. And the question is, does it work? And when I directed that question towards the world's wealth distribution, I came back with this resounding no. Like, you know, the, the way wealth is distributed does not work. And so I repatterned that pattern. And so we came up with what I call the equitable payment plan, which was really unique. And you'll find it on my website and really exciting. And it's really making a difference in a lot of people's lives because it's not based, we don't, nothing in the Pattern Maker Hub is based on how much you should pay. It's all based on what's within your means, pay that. That's really interesting. That's like um, a, a sliding scale on steroids, like without, yeah. you know, without that payment plan of the sliding scale, it's the ultimate sliding scale for each individual. I think that that's really cool. Yeah. Um, so for you, um, the success element part of this podcast, I love the things that you've put together and what you're talking about. And I think that the most important thing as people start to do this is understanding what they actually want to have, which I believe starts with your definition of success. So for you, how do you define success for yourself? Success to me is living in alignment with the moment itself. And this is, this is a little tricky to understand. So I'll just explain what I said. When we were little and we created all of these patterns, they got stored in our brain. So they got stored in here. And those patterns continue to take actions today, even though those patterns are created from different circumstances, circumstances from our past. And they're not really aligned with what's going on in the present moment. As we remove those old patterns, our brain creates a brand new pattern. And that brand new pattern for that moment is perfectly aligned with the situation that we're in today. Okay. Then it goes into the box and it becomes workable or unworkable next time we use it. So my definition of success is to be creating patterns optimally, moment to moment, so that I arise aligned with whatever is going on. And in that way, I'm always creating the optimal action for the situation. That's so cool. And what internal checks do you have? Because I know for me, when I'm doing something that I'm out of alignment with, um, I've learned to listen to my mind and my body so much that I can feel it. But I also know that the me when I first started had no idea what that feeling was. So how do you, and, and actually maybe I want to ask you this way, how would you, if you still had that same mindset without the knowledge that you have now, know what to look for when you're out of alignment? Yeah, that's a wonderful question. We have within us built in a guide. <laughs> it's a built-in guide that tells us exactly when we're out of alignment. And that guide is when we suffer. So whether that suffering is internal or external, as in conflicts in our relationships, or internal as in doubts, fears, shame, upset, anger, any of that, 
it's always a sign of a, of a misaligned pattern with what's going on. So I like to say happiness is your birthright. When we are aligned with what's going on, we are happy, peaceful, joyful. When we're misaligned, we suffer. And it's the, in that suffering that the gold is, because there we can say, okay, there's a pattern that I get to remove. <laughs> yeah. You know, what's so interesting to me is that you just use the word conflicts, that there's this like internal conflict when you're out of alignment, because one of the biggest things that I used to deal with was this need, and this isn't going to make any sense to anybody who knows the attorney in me, this need to avoid conflict, right? In my personal life, conflict, welcome it in a courtroom, right? That's what I walk into. When it came to my personal life or any decisions where I was involved instead of representing my clients, I needed to avoid conflict. And I had never thought of it as by avoiding external conflict, I'm creating internal conflict. Mm -hmm. I think that's really, really interesting to point out to people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's one other way to tell whether your patterns are misaligned. And that's when you set a goal and you're not doing anything to get towards that goal, right? Yeah. So that too is a sign that you've got an unworkable pattern that needs to be upgraded. Yeah. And just to, just to clarify, and I'm glad that you said an unworkable pattern because so many people would say, if you're not taking any steps towards the goal, you just must not want it bad enough. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, Stop telling people that they don't want it bad enough. There's so many things that happen that allow us to back off goals that we want that just telling somebody if you really wanted it, you do it is so damaging, um, especially when those programs that are stopping you are in insecurity and self-worth and, and things already. And then that just adds to it. Exactly. And one of my biggest problems was getting that message and believing it. So I would push myself past my fears, past my self-doubts, past my shames. And of course, when you do that enough, that comfort zone then just starts pushing back. Mm -hmm. And that's what would cause me to quit because eventually I just couldn't keep up that level of persistence and commitment anymore. Yeah. I mean, I'm a huge proponent of getting out of your comfort zone and I encourage people to do that often. I think also what you're talking about is having those internal conversations with yourself about why you're afraid in the first place mm -hmm. and, and actually learning from it. Um, one of my biggest pet peeves in the social media world right now, and I'm seeing it everywhere and I'm, I'm seeing it everywhere because it's a big pet peeve of mine is fall in love with failure. And I'm like, please quit telling people to fall in love with failure. Like the last thing that we need is people to understand or believe that falling up in love with failure is a good thing. I want people to fall in love with learning from failure, right? Mm -hmm. I want them to fall in love with the analyzation afterwards and then the readjustment and the reaction in a different way. Um, and I feel like this is the same thing with what you're talking about with comfort zones. Like, don't just get comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Get comfortable learning from why you're uncomfortable in the first place and, and changing that. And I, I think that that's that missing step for most programs and people. Exactly. Exactly. And when we, when we work with patterns, when we know the, how the brain works, then what happens is that comfort zone just shows you, oh, okay, here's my, the limits of my current box of patterns, right? I stop mm -hmm. here. Then you remove those patterns, the brain creates new patterns, and that comfort zone just expands. So even though you're uncomfortable, you're not having to push past it, mm -hmm. which is what I was trying to do. And that is always dangerous. Yeah. And I think that there's also that level of trust that you get to build with yourself when you're having those conversations, right? When you're at that 
boundary of your comfort zone and you're able to have a conversation that says, Hey, like I've got you, I'm able to get us in or out of this situation. We're able to navigate this. Then you're more likely to take those steps because that's where that comfort zone is, is just fear that you're not going to be able to handle whatever's coming. Right. So I think that that's um, a huge point too, because I know I had huge trust issues and the, one of the hardest things for me to really understand is that if I trust myself, it doesn't matter whether I trust other people. So right. if I have trust issues, then the trust issue is here. And, and those are hard conversations to have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I found too, my inner critic was so screaming loud, like, you know, yes. forget having those nice, kind conversations with myself. It would come in and just be whipping me the entire way yeah. through. So, yeah, being able to navigate those is so important. So, um, some really good information here for people in the areas of growth and comfort and and failure. I would love to know for somebody who is feeling that conflict on a success level. They um, have worked so hard to get somewhere, and it's just not paying off the way they thought it would, or. Um, they're in one of those moments that you had mentioned earlier where they have allowed themselves to back off of something that was working. Um, what's one piece of actionable advice that you would give them to help them get back on track with moving in a direction they want to go? Yeah. So I would say start by asking yourself, why am I not there now? And But not from a position of judgment or blame or shame. That doesn't work. Just from a position of what am I doing or not doing that's not working? What behaviors am I adopting that are not working? What beliefs do I hold that that are not working? And then the next step I would recommend, deal with it as a pattern, not as, as if it is true or fact. So let me just explain what I just said. It, you know, we are, we, we don't, we're not really taught how this brain works. And what I'm going to about, about to say is going to sound so logical, Amber, that you're going to say, yeah, absolutely. That makes total sense. But until we're taught this, we're not taught to look at it this way. So here is our brain and it is locked inside this dark, silent room. There's nothing in here other than electrical impulses that are flowing down these different channels. Now we encounter a situation out there that information comes in through the senses. We hear it, see it, smell it, taste it, touch it. And then it gets interpreted by the brain based on patterns from the past. So that means that our brain is actually always creating an illusion of sorts of what is on the outside world, right? Based on what it already knows, based on its internal patterning. So to, for us to know that our brain is an interpreter of the situation allows us to start doubting that what we're seeing is actually fact. It allows us to start doubting that in a critic and say, wait a minute, maybe that's just a pattern from my past and not what's actually true about me. Right now. Good. That's a good place to start. Yes. Yes, it is. That that you just explained was the first thing that I learned that allowed me to be a better attorney. And this was the explanation. So for everybody who needs kind of an external explanation of this, um, line 10 people up, show them the same thing, and then ask them what they got from it, and you will get 10 different answers. And I never understood that. I, I And, you know, it was 
conflicts in my family. It was reading a police report and going, man, I just don't understand how this person thought they saw this, right? Um, once you understand that like the world only exists as we believe it to exist and each person believes it to exist differently, then all of a sudden conflict conversations with your family don't become as personal because it's not about you. Like you show up in their world differently than you do in theirs. Um, Cross-examining a witness that says that they saw something that you don't understand is even possible becomes more manageable. And to me, that was game-changing on both a personal and business level. Absolutely. I love that. There is nothing personal in this world. But to, to really experience that is tricky. Yes, it (laughs) is. It comes across as so personal. But but once we know about brain patterns, then you're right. You get to step back and you get to go, oh, okay, there's a pattern arising. Yeah. I mean, well, and especially when we know that our brains are designed to take everything personally to begin with, right? Um, There's a reason that there's those jokes about us being the center of the universe, right? We we truly believe that we are. It's it's personal. And so to say, but it's not personal, the brain's like, wait a minute. Yes, it is. Everything's about me, right? So um, you're right. It's tricky. And it requires an incredible amount of willingness to be vulnerable, imperfect, and transparent. And just sit with, like you said earlier, no judgment and have those conversations with yourself because um, so many people want to overestimate to themselves where they are so they don't have to face the reality that they haven't accomplished what they think they have. Um, and, And unfortunately, you're not doing yourself any favors when you do that. Or vice versa, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thinking that we're not good enough. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, So with that being said, um, your book, what is the best, um, what's the best reader for your book? Who should be checking this book out and Mm -hmm. what should they expect to gain from it? Hmm. That's a great question. So I would say anybody who's invested in personal development, um, Anybody who's procrastinating, quitting, avoiding, anybody who wants to be more and they don't know how to be more, right? They want a more fulfilled life. They want better relationships. Anything along those lines. Yeah, the repatterning is so liberating. I mean, it really is both both for you and family members. I mean, I talk about the result of repatterning to the people around you in your inner circles, and it's remarkable because when we can remove our triggers, then they they transform in front of our eyes. Yes, it's so true. And it's, and it's so immediate. And I think the coolest thing from somebody who's been through so much transformation on the mindset level um, is those moments that something happens and you react and then maybe four or five minutes later you start thinking about how you reacted and you're like holy crap i would have reacted totally different to that five or six years ago right um and and it's those moments that we're able to see just how much the work that we've done has impacted our lives um because we don't really know until we're put in those situations again. And the brain is like, well, I got this. And it's completely different than the way that your brain had it before. Yeah, exactly. Those That's moments amazing. of surprise. Yes, yes, they're everywhere. 
Um, Adele, I love what you're building. I love what you're doing. I think that it's incredibly helpful for people and um, another way for people to step in and take control of their life and their power, which I think is fantastic. Um, before we wrap up, I'd actually like to take just a few minutes and do a quick random round and let everybody get to know you. Are you okay with that? Absolutely. Perfect. Um, if you could do any profession other than what you're doing now, what do you think would be fun to attempt? Oh, great question. I think I'd go back to painting those theater backgrounds. Yes, I love it. I <laughs> now love I it. think I could do it. <laughs> That's awesome. It's so cool, um, especially when we start to realize that if we would have just embraced that child when we were that child. But I feel like that's so much of the process, right, is we've got to go through realizing we don't know it all before we can step back to embracing what it is we really wanted um, as a kid. And I always think, Amber, what if I had done something that really lit me up and then I would never have been able to create what I'm creating now? Which, which also clearly so lights you up. Exactly. I can see the passion in your face. Exactly. Um, if you could time travel, where would you go and why? Oh, interesting. I would go back to when Van Gogh first died because I'm always curious about how his paintings got, uh, weren't destroyed, right? So many works of art were destroyed and he was so rejected in his lifetime and so misunderstood. And I know his, um, his sister-in-law had a lot to do with preserving his art. And I would love to go back and talk to her and say, hey, how did you see what nobody else in the world could see oh, wow. at the time? What a what an amazing question to want to know. And I feel like that's so common. You know, we the artists that are ahead of their time, right? Whether it be musicians or or actual artists, um, it's it's such a powerful question. How did you know the people that believe in them? That's so cool. Other than your book, what book do you think that all entrepreneurs should read? What's your most recommended business or personal development book? Oh, I would have to say Ian McGilchrist, The Master and His Emissary. It's Ooh. a book on the brain hemispheres and how the left brain has created our left brain dominant world. And I think for anybody today who is questioning what's going on, like why is the world so topsy-turvy, this book is so key to understanding and it I found it probably one of the most empowering reads I've read, other than my own book. Other than wink, your own book, wink, of course. Wink, wink, yeah. Of course. Um, that's amazing. And last question, because I'm a music nerd, so this is for my own personal enjoyment. What's your pump-up song? Oh, oh. Um, I Lived by One Republic. Oh, such a good one. That's so good. Um, and I know I said last question, but I lied. One more time, where can everybody find you if they want to continue this conversation? Oh, well, best place is my website, adelsbragan.com. Um, you can get a book there. You can watch free training there. And yeah, join me there. I'd love to have you. Amazing. Adele, it was so great to talk to you. I really appreciate you taking the time to jump on and share some of your fantastic knowledge with the audience. Thanks again for being here. Thank you. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. If anything that was said during this episode resonated with you or provided value in any way, it would mean the world to me if you would head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review for the More Than Corporate Podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that. I'm really looking forward to connecting with you. If you'd also like to connect, I've created a Facebook group that is full of amazing people who also make it their mission to live their best life every single day. If that sounds like something that you're interested in, the name of that Facebook group is Success Center. Head over there, request to join, and I look forward to connecting with you soon.